minutes after the hour of 7 o'clock. This is Breakfast with Gulam and Sabira. Now the closure of three old age homes on the Cape Flats have resulted in residents and various organizations and communities in Bonneville, Bishop Levis and Haderfell embarking on protest action calling for the immediate recall of the forced removal of residents. Now as many of you may recall last year the Cape Peninsula Organization for the Aged or the Sultan and it's the CPOA um, they basically um, indicated that Narina Place, Lilyhaven Place and Oak Haven would have uh, been uh, would be closed due to financial pressure caused by the COVID-19 pandemic coupled with the loss of income as pensioners awaited the pandemic's outcome. To give us an outline in terms of what this is all about, we are joined online by Sister uh, Louise Nix um, from, uh, who's the head of nursing at the, the CPOA. Uh, Sister Louise, thank you for your time this morning and good morning on Breakfast 91.3 FM. Morning and morning to your listeners. Just to sort of create a little bit of context for us, you know, how is the CPOA generally funded and maintained? And also talk to us about the subsidy received from government, you know, whether or not this is sufficient. Okay, so we um, we have five welfare homes in the Cape Flats areas. And um, in 1965, CPOA was founded to assist those people that hadn't made adequate provision for their retirement years. So um, we actually, over you know, over an, on looking at an annual basis, we are funding from our back pocket, so to speak, 35 million rand per annum on the welfare homes. We do receive a subsidy from the Department of Social Development, um, and this obviously absolutely assists with caring for the residents. But it doesn't even cover 50% of the of the monthly expenses that we incur to to care. Um, perfectly for the residents in our homes. Mm. Morning, sister. Also, in terms of, you know, the residents at the various um, CPOA welfare homes, how many residents are there at present? At, sorry, are you referring to the welfare homes or the homes that are closing? Or in, in total, how many residents are there? In all our care homes, we have about 800 residents in total. Mm. And what's the number of those that will be affected by the closure? It's just under 300. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of, you know, in the media, we've seen, you know, uh, terms like forced removal of the residents mm-hmm. um, that's been quoted. You know, would you perhaps like to clarify on that matter for us? You know, how was it communicated? When did the challenges come about in terms of um, the closure of these three CP- CPOA homes? Okay, um, we've been battling with the challenges for, for a couple of years now. The cost of living is going up and, you know, our income is not not going up at the same rate. And also with the COVID pandemic now, we've had to outlay a lot of um, funding for PPE to keep the staff and residents safe. So those have, have been our main challenges. And as far as forced removal goes, um, we met with the Department of Social Development in November last year and advised them of our plans. And then after that, we we um, spoke to the nursing managers at the homes that are closing, and then they in turn have um, communicated with the family and residents. It is not a forced removal. We are taking them, we, we're engaging with them, we're offering them op- an option of two alternative homes. And, um, you know, in consultation and preparation with the residents, we are, we are slowly moving them out to um, the two other homes in, in Athlone and in, in Lotus River. 
Mm. So it's, you know, and, the, and, and engaging with the families and the residents, they understand our situation. And nothing is going to change except that the residents will be in a different home. But the care and all the meals, the accommodation that we're giving will be on par with what they, they're accustomed to at the moment. And we are guaranteeing a place for every single person. So nobody's going to be left on the street. We, you know, the, the Department of Social Development, along with CPOA, are custodians of, of these residents. And, and we will ensure the safety of each and every resident. Let's talk about uh, the the current buildings that are being. You know, how are you going to be? Will those buildings be rented out? Is it going to be be, be um, you know be made available for other uses as well? Okay, yes. Um, CPOA owns the buildings, the three buildings, and um, we have agreed, or we have discussed and agreed that these buildings will be donated to the community. We are looking for a community cause um, that we can actually just donate the buildings to um, and then hand it over to an, um, a community organization so that the community can still be served, you know, at, whether it be another old age home or um, something along gender-based violence, something that the community needs. So we're inviting people to, to send proposals um, about their organization, what they would like to do with the building, um, and then we will we will discuss further. Mm. Now, with regards to the closure system, we know that some organisations, residents as well, are unhappy. They've been protesting. You know, what has that been like? Um, it's it's been extremely challenging for us, um, and also for the residents themselves. Uh, you know, it's not pleasant for them. Some of them are are cognitively challenged and they're not sure, you know, what the noise and the raucous is about outside. So, um, you know, we want this to be a smooth transition and we want our residents are the the pivots of our our care and we have to ensure their safety. Um, And obviously the staff are, are feeling a little bit unsettled. So um, we we really appeal for calm and and communication through head office. We are re- we are welcome to speak to any of the community leaders that would like to to discuss anything with us. Is it guaranteed that the residents, those uh, 100 and some odd, that you know will be now have to look for you know alternative mm. um, homes? You know, will they be guaranteed a place also with regards to those staff, the staff complement that's currently in employment um, at these three homes? you know uh, what's the future holding for them for the staff we um we have cpoa staff which have all been guaranteed another um uh, you know an alternative place of work because um you know we have vacancies in the other homes and the carers who are um, outsourced will also be offered um, positions at our other homes Mm. and in terms of the residents is it the residents, that I can will... absolutely mm-hmm. 100% guarantee that every single resident will have a place to go to, okay. 100%. And, and also, you know, just before we let you go, uh, when should this, this entire process, when will it be finalized? Um, look, we, we, we are obviously um, starting with Narina Place, okay. um, and, then, and then that will be a rollout over probably the next two to three months. And then we we just it's going to be a slow process because obviously we have to wait for natural attrition in the other homes to allow for vacant beds to come available. So we we're focusing on Narina Place. We're looking at a two to three month rollout, but it's a slow process because we want we're taking the residents over in in small groups so that they have companionship with people that they know and allow them to get settled.
you know, at small groups at a time. Yeah. Mm. Sister Nix, in terms of, you know, we are living a, through a pandemic at this point in time, you know, how have the residents been handling COVID-19? You know, how many have contracted the virus? Have any passed on? You know, have they been, have you been managing as the CPOA in terms of mitigating through COVID-19? It's been a challenging time, and I think one of the biggest challenges we've had is the the fact that the residents are not able to see their loved ones, and I know it's been very psychologically challenging for the families as well, and it's also been very difficult for us to navigate, but we've had to keep our residents safe. We are currently in the care centres under lockdown. We're not allowing visitors. We have had infections in the homes, but the way we're managing it is we've opened up a separate isolation unit where our residents are taken when they um, become positive and they get um, really, really good care in the isolation unit. It is manned by a registered nurse and we have um, volunteer doctors from the area that assist us in managing these patients um, who may require oxygen and additional medical um, assistance. So we've been very satisfied with the outcome that we've we've transferred COVID-positive residents out of the homes and dealt with them in a quarantine unit. And then once they're well, they, they obviously go back to their home. Yeah. And just before we go, Sister, one last thing. You know, many times, you know, you have situations where, um, you know, the elderly are dropped off at places like Narina Place, etc. And, you know, that is where the families leave them. Have you, be, have you managed to make contact with the next of kin for each um, patient or each individual? Um, in some instances, we do not have a next of kin, but we are trying our utmost. And, and if people, you know, are hearing this message, they can pass on that they can contact us at head office. In some cases, our records do not reflect a, a next of kin, which is obviously a challenge for us. But where possible, we, according to the documentation we have, we are making telephonic contact with, with all those family members. Head of Nursing at CPOA, uh, Sister Louise Nix, thank you for your time this morning on Breakfast 91.3 FM. It's a very sad story, so if you think about it, with three CPOA wealthy homes being closed, and if you look at the communities like Bontable, Bishop Levis, Haiderfeld, etc., that is what the, you know, the areas that, that usually being served, um, or serviced at least. Mm. Um, so it's a very sad thing. We're going to have to keep our, our, our finger on this one and just keep our eyes well. But we also managed to speak to the Department of Social Development's Head of mm-hmm. Communication, Esther Lewis. Um, we found the support. The Western Cape Department of Social Development has been engaged in meetings with the CPOA since December 2020. The CPOA has expressed massive financial difficulty as a reason for the closures. The DSD's role, as stipulated in the Older Persons Act, is to register facilities and monitor adherence to norms and standards of care within facilities. While DSD subsidizes older persons within facilities, all old age homes are owned and managed independently. Therefore, the DSD cannot reverse or halt the board's decision to close the homes. Our role in this instance is that of monitoring to engage CPOA and ensure that a proper plan of action is in place, that families are informed of the older persons moving from one home to another, that the move happens in such a manner that it doesn't prejudice the rights of the affected older persons, and that COVID-19 protocols are followed. CPOA has informed the department that they have consulted with staff, residents and their families, and counselling will be offered. They have indicated that the process of moving residents will be done gradually. The older persons who currently are subsidised by the department will still be subsidised when they move to other facilities. 
the voice there of uh, um, the Department of Social Development's Head of Communications, Esther mm. Lewis, and uh, she obviously came in also to share comment on that.